1: And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, Head Pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon.
0: Heavenly God, we thank you for your faithfulness and loving kindness. We give you all the glory and all the adoration. We thank you, Father, for bringing us together to hear your word. Speak to us by the pages of your word and reveal your truth to us. Holy Spirit, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. In the next one hour, I'm going to ride with you and I want you to... Fasting, your seat beds and I want you to be more conscious. Take down your notes. Um, Let me see your notebooks and your pen and your paper. If you have one, your iPad at least. Okay, because I'm doing teaching. And um, so I'm not um, coming to do anything. I'm here to teach. So I will teach and preach. And I'm telling you the style I'm taking this morning so that you get your pen and your notebook ready. Open to the foundational scripture that I started with. Psalm 92 give me from verse 9 to the, to the end. Psalm 92. He said, For surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish or evildoers will be scattered. He said, But my horn you have exalted like a wild hawk's. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Say, I've been anointed with fresh oil. Tell somebody, I've been anointed with fresh oil. And the verse number 11 says that, he said, my eye also have seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. Verse 12. He said, the writer shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And verse 10, he said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. He said, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Now, take me to the verse number 12 and let me begin with my subject. The most important thing that we were going through from last week that I started is about how you and I can flourish in the house of the Lord. Tell somebody flourishing in the house of the Lord. Tell a person flourishing in the house of the Lord. It's important for you to know that coming to church has a different dimension. You see, anytime you, you put a name on a place, the name influences the attitude of the environment. So, let me give you an example. In your house, you have your sitting room. That is where you will lead the visitors to. It is the same place, but because you have named the place a sitting room, you cannot use that place as your bedroom. Are we right here? So, you have named another chamber as your guest room. So, when your guest comes, you you want them to go to that place and go and sleep or rest. So, that is your guest room. You name it a guest room because of what you want to do there as far as the place is concerned. You have your bedroom. That is your place of nakedness. You cannot use your sitting room as your place of nakedness. So you feel free when you enter into your bedroom. You can strip yourself naked and all that. Then you have the washroom. Or where you have your loo and whatever it is. When you enter in there, you do a different thing altogether. That is not the the place where you are going to eat your jollof and eat your salad, and, and be able to do whatever it is, because the environment there is a different thing altogether. Are we getting the picture I'm painting? When you build a nice place, put facilities in, and you put hospital in it, immediately you are entering to that facility, your mind is different. You are thinking that you are going to be treated, because there's going to be a doctor, there's going to be a nurse, there are at least some things you want to see, because they told you the place is a hospital. You cannot enter a place where they've written a hospital, and you see a carpenter trying to do furniture. It doesn't agree. Are we here with me? The same thing when you label a place as a mechanic workshop. You're expecting to see cars that are broken down and they have been fixed and all that. So names actually depict the environment and shows you activities that goes on in that place. In the same thing, when you say this is a shrine, when you are entering to the shrine, you know it's a shrine. So there are certain things you expect to see. They will ask you to remove your shoe, whatever it is, no matter what it is, so you are going there. The same thing when they say you are coming to a church. Immediately they put the name there, church, it also has its own functions and its own attitude. When you enter into a disco, you can be a creeper or whatever it is, when you enter into the disco, you should expect what you want to see. Because in that place, there is a lot of things going on. People will be smoking. If you don't like smoking, why will you go into such an environment? People will be drinking and they will be trying to dance with you, touch your part of a body that you wouldn't like. If you don't like those things, you don't go to that environment because that is the spirit of the environment. So names give the spirit of an environment. Are you there with me? So it's important for you to understand these things. The problem we have and for the reason why we are not being blessed in the house of God is as a result of the fact that we don't know the difference between our home and the church. We don't know the difference between the disco, and the office, and the house of God. They are not the same. Once you put a name on something, it gives you a different atmosphere, which brings different attitude, brings characters, whatever that you expect in that place. So they are not the same. If you enter into a construction area, it's a construction area. So you need to obs- observe it as such. You don't go into a construction area and walk in a construction area like you are walking in your house you will get hurt. So, the same thing when we say we are coming to church, the name church alone gives us a different perception and a different atmosphere. That is why by law, in public places, for instance, like a church and all those things, you cannot walk in. Some of you don't know your right. A policeman cannot walk in into this place and arrest you. You can go and check with the lawyers unless you leave the premises of this place whilst you are outside the premises and the jurisdiction environment of this place they have every right to do whatever they want to do with you as long as you are here they cannot have anything to do with you or to arrest you the only thing they can do is to negotiate with you and to go with them but if you don't go this is a place of safety it is enshrined and it's it's accepted and it's respected You can be picked up in the disco. But it is not with church. It's not with the mosque. So you have to understand some of the sacredness of some of these things. So it is important for you to know the difference of what we mean by church and what we mean by your house. And remember I said, anytime you place a name on something, why will you call a car a Jaguar? Because why? Somebody said it's a Jaguar. So you also said you want a jaguar why will you call a car a ferrari because somebody told you it's a ferrari and put something there but can't that also be called toyota oh come on are you there with me oh talk to me this morning don't look at me like i'm the only one preaching can't it be called toyota it can be called toyota but why will you choose to call it a ferrari or a limousine or whatever it is it's because somebody said that that is the name and you agreed somebody named this a microphone. But can't it also be called a stick? Are you following it now? The shoe, you are wearing somebody named the shoe, and you believe it. And you accepted it. So, in the same vein, when we say it's church, which is the ecclesia, the call out ones, there is a certain attitude and character that goes with it. If you don't get it, you will always come in and go out, come in, go out, come in, go out, out, and you will never be blessed. Because you never understood the game of the place. Just like if you don't know your office. If you, your office is where you are going to work. If you turn your office into your dining room or your sitting room. You defeat the purpose. And a lot of us are defeating the purpose of being the house of the Lord. So he's saying here that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. So when you are righteous, the righteous is who? Somebody who has received Jesus as a person and personal The righteousness simply means being in good standing with God. And if you know, none of us by our actions can please God. So the only thing that qualifies us is receiving Jesus as a Lord and person. So once I receive Christ as a Lord, my Lord and personal Savior, by believing with my heart that he died and he rose again and confessing with my mouth, according to Romans chapter 10, I am saved. There is no argument about that. The rest is what for him to work on me as I agree with him by his word so that I can grow thereby and be what he wants me to be. That is it. So that is the entry point into the kingdom or into the house of the lord where you are called a christian now when i come into that i now need to work on myself and so he's saying that we that have received jesus we shall flourish and to flourish means to be able to expand i defined to you the other day to expand to be fruitful to blossom to do well so he's saying that there is a need that as far as we come to Receive Jesus as your Lord and person, and come to the place He has designated. That this is my place. That you should come for me to discuss with. Just like the doctor has designated the hospital. That you know you are going there to be treated and to be taken care of. You do not enter into the hospital to go and hear other talks or entertainment or a comedian entertaining you. You entered in there to go to be treated. The same when you enter into the theater, you are going to see the comedian perform or the musician perform for you to laugh. If a doctor comes there and he said, I'm coming to examine you, your pressure, you say, why? Are you sick? That is not what is being done here. Are you understanding me? So in the same way, when you come to the house of the Lord, he's saying that when you come here, your ability is to flourish. Is to flourish. Now, so if your ability or his desire for us is for us to flourish and not only flourish but like a palm tree and i told you that some of the importance and i asked you to go and look for the importance of the palm tree out of the palm tree finally you can even get mushrooms and and mushrooms are very very important to our health and our life it it, it deals with blood pressure it deals with a lot of things if you if you study the importance of mushrooms Okay, so it's important to know that there is nothing of the palm tree that is wasted. In other words, you as a child of God, when you understand this concept and ideal that coming to God's house, everything about you is fruitful. You have to know that everything about you is fruitful. So, you are, we are not a bunch of confused people. or We are not the opium of the masses, as Kamas would put it. But it is some place where when you enter in, no matter who your shape and your type is, there is supposed to be some sort of change in your life. If you come in every day and your life is not changing, you have to examine yourself. Because the issue or the spirit like I told you, the name of a place determines the spirit the spirit of the name of the church is transformation say transformation, transformation. say transformation, transformation. so it's has to change your way of doing things. what people knew you before when you start coming to church they should see a change if they don't see that change and you are still worse than when you were with them and you came to church then there is something wrong because the, the same way you enter into the hospital to be treated of a sickness and work out, and you rather go to the hospital and your sickness is worse, then it means that you are not in agreement with the doctor. You are not taking your medications. You are not following what the doctor asks you to do. So your sickness gets worse. But when you agree with the doctor and follow the injection and meticulously take your medication or exercise when there is the need, you realize that your healing or your health process becomes faster. And over a short period of time, you see that you are well, and people can testify. Are you here with me? The same thing is the house of God, He says, You will flourish. So, if you don't flourish, then you have to check your attitude. You have to check whether you are taking your medication right, which is the study of the word of God, whether you are following the instruction in the house of the Lord. You see, it's a different thing going to the hospital and I'm not in agreeing with the doctor. It's a different thing coming to church and agreeing with what God is telling you from his word. That is why James says that it is not only for us to be hearers only, but we have to be doers of the word. So ladies and gentlemen, if my life is not, I was brought up from Islam for 25 years. I was a Muslim, you know it already. And then I became a Christian. When I was a Muslim and I was in the world, my friends knew me. They know what I am capable of doing they knew my background they knew my family they knew whatever it is and there is no argument about that in the corporate world when i was working they know who i was and they know what i can do and what i cannot do and they know what i tolerate and what i don't tolerate when i became born again they can also tell you those of you who know them and you have met somebody they can also tell you that this person was like this but now he's like this so we can take him serious for what he's doing so do you see, it's a transformation, it's a process of metamorphosis. You, you, you translate, you change. So, if your life and the way you are has not changed, and right now people have cause to worry about your character, they have cause to worry about the way you do things. When rather, when you were not a Christian, you were not doing it, then you have to examine yourself because Christianity is not a facade, it's not a smokescreen. It's not a title to hide before you or to present the Bible like they tell us by African studies that the, the Christians brought us a Bible with one hand and had a sword at another side. It's about time we have to stop blaming slavery and take responsibility of our lives because we are not dumped up here. The problem of Africa is not human resource, the problem of Africa is that we are not poor. If somebody tells you that Africa is poor, it's a lie. We are not poor. The problem of Africa is systems and the way we think. If we can change our thinking, we can be better. And we'll not wait for anybody to endorse us. So that is it. So it comes to the change. Say it comes with the change. Say it comes with the change. So, in that regard, for you to be say you will flourish like a palm tree and like the cedar of Lebanon. And not only that, but verse 13 is telling us said, those who are planted. So there is a process of being planted. You can, you can work on the soil, but if you can throw seeds on the soil, but if you don't plant the seed, it has its own capabilities. So he's talking about being planted, and being planted is connection. The seed has to have a connection with the soil. And the seed germination or the top root or the trunk and everything has to be connected to the new mineral deposits in the soil. So that the nutrients will benefit the tree. For the tree to be able to also grow. If the tree is not in alignment with, in agreement with the nutrients of the soil. There is no way that tree is going to flourish. And I gave you the example of the sower. Where Jesus spoke about somebody sowed and the seed fell on thorns. Because the thorns and the seed do, are, do not agree. They all compete for the same nutrient. The thing choked the plant and the plant died. Some fell on the rock because the seed doesn't have roots enough or soil enough to grow. Because it was on the rock, nothing happened. But the one that fell on a good ground had a connection with the soil and as an environment for it to nourish and to grow. So because of that, it began to grow. In the same vein, if you are connected to the church and the environment, because they're already the land of the church is a fruitful land. Write it down. Already, the land of the church is a fruitful land. And you and I are the seed. And we are coming to get connected to that soil, to prosper. So if the seed has a problem, the soil can never do anything about the seed. The little agriculture I studied did not tell me that if the seed is bad, the soil can change the seed. I don't know about what you studied, but this is what I studied. The seed has a responsibility to be able to benefit from the soil. That is why the farmer diligently looks upon it. When the seed is coming out and there are weeds around it, he goes to either spray or put the wheat so that the, the, the plant will get air enough and water enough and, and, and to interact with its environment for it to grow and to become better. Hello, are you there with me? So the ground of the church is already fertile. The problem is the seed. And you and I are the seed. So we are supposed to be connected to the soil to flourish. So if I don't flourish, I don't blame God. I blame my seed. So I said, my, one of my mantra is that if you don't like your harvest, change your seed. Because no seed can work out the magic. Every seed only gives what he has. But the soil is always ready. If the soil is fetter, plant the seed. So those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And he said they shall still bear fruit, even in old age. So fruit bearing is an evidence of the blessings. Any tree that does well, you will see the fruit. So people should see the fruit that when you began going to church your business has changed your life is better your dressing has changed things are working out well in your life you should be able to relate to that and ask you who is your God which do you go to when the person is a magician and you or he's a is an occultist and you say you are a Christian he should be able to come to you and say show me your God not you going to ask him to show you your God, is God. The irony is that the people are leaving the church rather and they are going after the Malams and the Judi Po because the simple truth is that we don't know where we are planted. We believe an occultist more than you believe a man of God because we don't know where we are planted. We believe in politicians than we believe in the word of God because we don't know where we are planted. Because you see, where you are planted determines your heart and your desire. So, to and he said, they shall still bear fruit in old age; they shall be fresh and flourishing. And the 15 was telling us, he says, to declare that the Lord is what? Upright. Can you boldly declare that God is upright in your life? Sometimes you don't even need to talk. People will identify and say about you. They can say that, ah, when you started church, we have seen some changes in your life. We give God the glory. If men cannot look at you to tell you that when you start church, there has been a change. Examine yourself again. The church is not a place of magic. It's a place of responsibility. It's a place to bear fruit. To declare that Lord is upright, is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So, and, and having understood this, we quickly will go through, number one, therefore there is the need for you and I to know why I am in church in the first place. To be able to get the best as I'm looking for. Because if you don't know it, you will just be follow, following. Anything at all, like the Bible says, we are like a reed, you'll be like a reed. Any wind of doctrine will blow you away. Anything people say will carry you away. Anything that happens, you are just following. You don't know your focus. And anytime there is no vision, there is abuse. You waste your time. I don't want you to come to church to waste your time. I don't want you to waste your time as a Christian. I want you to know the benefit in it. Know why, number one, know why you are coming to church. I will elaborate on all these, these areas quickly. So write down. I will elaborate on it. Prepare your heart. That is the second thing. First of all, you should know why you are coming to church. What is your motive? Two, prepare your heart. Three, put all your heart into the worship. Four, capture the message and take it with you. It's important. I I did that last week, so I'm just running through because I have a lot to share. The fifth point is that be more eager to give than to receive. Be more eager to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Acts 20 35. Come to church with an attitude of a giver. Not the attitude of a taker. Take note. Come to church with an attitude of what? A giver and not an attitude of what? A taker. Be determined not just to be blessed. Oh, pastor, you blessed me. No. But be determined not just to be, but also to be a blessing. To be a blessing. Like I came and said, tell somebody this. You are looking at a person, you are not saying anything. You are supposed to also be a blessing to somebody. You might be shocked that the person standing by you or sitting by you is depressed or is troubled. Your mouth that as you open and said, oh, I love you, you are good, you are looking beautiful, you are this. That I said, the pastor said, let say, sometimes we do this thing deliberately. we we'll release the person and the person will be free. There are some people, they feel intimidated to sit by somebody. And they can be so edgy, but immediately you break their eyes, they are able to flow and to be benefited from the service. Can you imagine you not telling anybody anything and you walk out as if you are an island on your own and your face is like a stone. You kill the person's morale, you demoralize the person's thing by you, throughout the service, the person has shut up, you can't take anything. Can you imagine you be in worship and you are so entuned and the usher did not come early and you find yourself sitting in a place where he has to come and move you and touch you, he kills your flow. Can you imagine a congressional member just speaks to us anyhow and anytime you can, it kills your flow because we are all here to be a blessing. Yeah. Or can you imagine yourself after a powerful preaching, pastor has preached and finished that you walk to pastor and come and tell me a nasty thing. Or I'm just coming to church in high spirit preparing. My wife will tell you when it is a Sunday morning, I don't want to hear any nonsense. If you have issues, keep it. When I finish, we'll talk. Because you are coming to bless the people. Your mind, your spirit, your everything is tuned. If I can, I have to go to bed by 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Because I am coming to deliver one service, one sermon. Why will I come and have time to talk about somebody on the pulpit? Then I'll be stupid. So we always come in with a mindset to bless but it is the attitude of the seed to receive the blessing or reject it. So when you are in church and the being able to give be a blessing, you have to be considerate. A, be considerate. Number, and point number five, I told you one, two, three, I will explain further. Point number five, be considerate when you are in church. Don't make yourself a distraction in the service by distracting others. Some of you, you are in service. You are sitting by somebody. That is the time you are WhatsApping, beeping, and all those things in service. Yet the person wants to hear the word of God. That is the time your phone is, is, is ringing or you are doing things by yourself. You are distracting that person. You, 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 you sit with the, in the church and by the end of the service, the person has not received anything because of the way you were behaving. Your body smells. It's important. The state of your hair, whether it be wig or natural or whatever. You are thinking about your immediate environment, the personality city by you. Because these things can take people out of church. The pastors are easy to be blamed. But the congregation members suck congregations more than Pastors. because somebody sat by you and you didn't take good care of yourself, from that day, the person will not even come. When they are ushering the person, the person realize going to sit by you, he will find himself somewhere. Attitudes. You hear people say, the church is not friendly. Bible says that he who is friendly should show himself friendly. If you have a bad attitude, you don't show anybody friendly, you squeeze your face 24-7. How can you make the place a friendly place? Because we are each other's keeper and we have to be each other's blessing. You have to be considerate that your actions affect another person. So if I'm doing something in church, I have to ask myself, who is it affecting? It's not about me. It's not about you. It goes beyond us. The seat is getting hot. Be hospitable. In other words, you should, you should be, you reach out to others during the service and help them to feel comfortable, especially visitors who we'll stand here and sometimes I have to even announce visitors who rise up and all those things. Some of you, I watch you, even those that are around them, what love do you extend to them? after service, do you even show them some love and say, oh, we are grateful you came because we are doing it mechanical. They say, shake the people so you shake the person. People don't even attend to first timers. That is where it ends. They attend to them and that is the end. They don't even know that visitor that the visitor came to church the following Sunday. To even walk to say, Oh, we are grateful you came back again. How did you find the church? And everything, everybody runs into his car. I know my friend, and that is all. And you leave the rest. So the person comes in, and the person falls in like you are dropping a, 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 what you call it, a key in an ocean. You have been left alone to see. What is your, what is the hospitality nature of your life? In the house of the Lord, how are you helping other things to flourish? Because your encouragement will encourage another person to be in church. Are we going? Be respectful. Be respectful. Obey those you come to church and usher is ushering you. The usher might not be smiling. Teach him how to smile. You smile first. And let him know that smile is infectious. So that you will learn or she will learn. If you have a challenge, there is a way to talk to the person so that you, you be on the same page. But that is the time you get offended and be arguing. Yet, the usher is not there by himself or himself. The usher is there because pastor made them to be there. Anybody that is performing a role in this house is not infinite. They don't have absolute power. They are all operating by delegated authority. I put them there just like Dr. Otabel put me here. So, anytime they stand and they are doing anything, they are doing it in my name. Hello. So if I can ask you, sit here and you will sit there. If the person says, can you sit here? You should be able to sit there. You are not respecting the person. You are respecting the authority of the house. When you don't understand authority and the respect for authority, that is where there is a problem. And the irony is that we can be in the house of God and we will not flourish because we are disobedient to authority. Whenever you respect authority, you respect God. Because God is a God. Look at Lucifer. When Lucifer disobeyed authority, he was cast down. God always fights anyone that disrespects authority. And when we talk of authority, when you read our Bible scripture in Ephesians, that says, obey your fathers and mothers in the law for this is right. If you look at it, it, said, honor your father and your mother. If you look, it said, this is the first commandment of the Lord, Which, In fact, it was the commandment that was carried from the Old Testament into the New Testament. That is the only commandment. You can check through scripture. Honor your father and your mother. That word honor there is not deserving according to the interpretation. So your father does not deserve it, but you have to give it. Because why? You are seeing him as God in your place. Not because he is right. can never be right with you. Because God has never been just. But he has always been fair. So when he said, honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment, that you may be, you may what? Have long life on earth. See how people are dying nowadays. Because of disrespect for authority. You think it's academics. Joke with it. Those of you who are in school, let me be practical. If you disrespect your lecturer or your faculty head, you will stay longer in the university. <laughs> the same thing with God. Everything has laws. By the law of gravity and by the law of tension. When you stand on this church and by the law of mass or weight your weight is in proportion with the tension that has been created in the chair you are sitting on scientifically so as you do you don't see this chair expanding immediately you sat on the chair the chair expands it expands to take your weight so in its expansion when it expands for your weight it ends at where your body mass is so when, it's, when your body mass is more than its expansion, it, can, it couldn't expand to that level, that is why you see the chair breaking and you are falling down. Go and study some signs. So that is why you cannot stand on this chair and jump because it will break. Because the force applied will not help the chair. So there are laws. When you disobey the laws, it happens against you. So there are blessings in the house of the Lord. Be respectful. Be tolerant. Bear with those who might be struggling in areas where their level of maturity and spirituality isn't the same as yours. Express the fruit of the spirit when you are dealing with difficult people. Some of you, you look at people and you think, Lord, no, that is the end of you. Nobody's an end. That is why I have a heart for everybody. No matter how you abuse me and you manipulate things, the only thing that I leave you, be there because that is how you want your life to be. But behind the scenes, I'm praying for you. And my hope is that you will turn around. And when you turn around and you come genuinely repenting, I receive you. If you are faking too, it's up to you. But there is always a room for people to turn around. So there are principles you have to follow to get the best out of church. And these are the three principles I want to share with you. I told you that know why you are coming to church. So, you must settle in your heart your purpose for coming to church. Don't let anybody tell you why you are coming. Ask somebody, somebody, do you know why you are in church this morning? You should know it. It's important, it's a serious business. So, know why you are in, ch- in church. Settle that in your heart. Because you see, when you don't settle that in your heart, everybody will show you another door. There are some people who come to church just to drive people out of church. And that is the agenda. And there are others who are also in church because they want people to be in church. There are people who come to church because they saw a nice lady and they are following the lady. There are people who come to church because they think they will get some business somewhere. That's why they are in church. So everybody comes to here with different agendas. So you have to set what agenda do you have in the church? Ask somebody what is your agenda in this house? There are people who just want to be associated church and say, Me too, I go to this church. That is all. If you ask them what the pastor preached, they don't even know. All that they knew is that, me too, I belong to that church. So what is your agenda here? Amen. In Matthew 21 verse 12, over a period of time, the Jews forgot the purpose of the, of the church and they began abusing it. So the power of God was not flowing. Jesus entered into the temple with a whip. Whip people in our destiny. if Jesus should enter into the church. Because of that attitude, miracles were not taking place in the house of God. People were not being healed. Deliverance were not taking place. When you whip them out of the church, turn the table of the cellars and everything, clean the house. When he cleaned the house finally, Bible says that the sick were healed. May the Lord heal our church. I said, may the Lord heal our church. So there is a blessing in the house of the Lord. But when weeds begin to grow, you can't get anything. Two. Two. Prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Bible says that out of our hearts flows the issues of life. Your heart needs to be prepared. Because see, if you don't prepare your heart, somebody will destroy your heart. Because it takes your heart to receive. Prepare your heart before you come to church. You don't prepare your heart when you are in church. You prepare before you come to church. Coming to the house of God and to flourish in his courtyard, preparation does not take place in the church. Preparation takes place. Don't say, I am coming to church for the praise and worship leader to be able to let me know how to praise and to worship. Ah, Then my heart is... Before you are leaving home, The night before, you iron your things. The morning, you are in high spirit. You are already worshiping. When you are driving to church, you are playing a nice worship song. That is not the time you are playing. Who shall bless? No one cares. (laughs) Buffalo soldier. That is the time you are environment. Everything around you have to be serene. That means you are anticipate. You are in anticipation. You are expecting to receive something. You are prepared. Your heart, like you prepared your card, and prepared to go and meet the doctor for your healing or for your cure. The same thing you prepare to come and meet God because God has something for you. So we receive before we enter into the house. We don't come to church to now come and whine, and whine, and whine, and whine. I am waiting for pastor to come and inspire me with his message. No, you get inspired first before you come and listen to me. So when inspirations meet, there will be an explosion. You are not saying, I am not coming in here so that I can pray. You fire yourself up before you come to church. So you are coming with fire. She's coming with fire. He's coming with fire. We put our fires together and then we have a bigger fire. So preparation takes place before service. If you want to be blessed from the house of the Lord, you prepare before you come to church. Even your offering, you prepare, you don't come to church before you decide what offering you are giving to God. It's not an impulse. In some instance, the Holy Spirit in one way or the other will be able to move you beyond what you should give or what you have already prepared. But in fact, if you pray into the service, you pray that God, you see, before you receive from the service, you have to pray into the service. That is the preparation. Some of us only get up and say, I'm coming to church. Did you even pray for pastor? Don't you know I'm a human being? Don't you think I'm affected by things and issues? So it's your duty to pray for God to be able to guide me in my presentation. That I will be a blessing to your life. And your prayer can influence my message. you don't say and I didn't get blessed you didn't get blessed because you didn't pray for that blessing that is a preparation of getting the best out of church if it comes to communion you don't come that day before you say you need a miracle you believe God before you enter that is why sometimes in church you see people, prophets who call them and all they have already connected you don't get connected in the service I will learning something here? So prepare your heart. The third point. Put all your heart into the worship. That is the service. Matthew 22, 35 to 38. Matthew 22, 35 38. Can you give me he said? Then one of them, a lawyer asked him a question. Testing him and saying. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? So said, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul and with your mind. And you said, this is the first and the great commandment. So in the worship, worship flows out of love. Tell somebody, worship flows, love. worship flows out of love. So if you love the place, you will flow. People enter into the disco. By the time they are before, they have not even entered the disco room. They hear the song, they already dancing because they love to be in that place. Have you seen Friday night jump before? They, they are already crazy. They are already holding on to their dreams. They are entering there and they are excited already before they get there. People are buying tickets to go and watch football match in in, in, in a stadium. Be Chelsea, Man U, or Akrao, and Kotoko. It is not at the stadium they start chanting. You know, right before the stadium, you see them. They are fully charged before they enter in there. They are singing because they are so excited that my team is playing. And they carry the same spirit onto the field and they will chant throughout. What is your excitement of coming to God's presence? You get out from the car park, you are already, your face is demoralizing. You look morose, confused. perturbed. What other words should I use? You, you, you walk in the air as if you are fighting with the whole world. But David tells us that I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Being glad does not mean everything is well with me. But I know that as I am coming to the house, my life will never be the same again. So I am already excited that no matter my troubles and my challenges, ah, at least I am coming to receive from the Lord to refresh myself. So I am living here charged. I am living here refreshed. So I am coming without expectation. That is where you get blessed from the house of the Lord. Nobody can charge you. You charge yourself. And plug to the flow. So that you get a benefit. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> so you immerse yourself in every aspect of the service. You don't come after intercession. You make sure you are here before intercession. It's all Preparations. You don't come after the praise and worship. It is part of the vibration. Every phase of the service flows to be able to help you. So that by the time you get to the word, you are already prepared your atmosphere is prepared and then when the word comes you are able to take it reason why you get disjointed and you are not because you don't prepare when an athlete or a footballer does not do a warm-up first it doesn't matter how many times he has spent in the gym when he goes on the track running without a warm-up you'll get a muzzle pull and a lot of us are having muzzle pulls in the house of the lord muzzle pull christians And whenever you have a muscle pull, you feel the pain. And that is why we cannot deal with pains. We are edging in the house of the Lord. Everything, a little thing offends us. Because we didn't have a good warm up. Amen. Are we learning here? Okay. There are seven things. Or seven ways that you can be a blessing to your church. Seven ways you can be a blessing to your church. Point number one. If you want to be a blessing to your church. So that you can also flourish in the house of the Lord. These are the things you should note. note. Come with an attitude of a giver. I've already told you. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. He said. I have shown you in every way. By laboring like this. That you might support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. That he said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to do what to give than to receive the secret of this church and the reason why this ministry would never go down is that the head pastor and his wife are givers you are not clapping because you are jealous we are givers and not a two by four giver but serious givers serious givers you can ask this finance department sometimes they will say there's no man i tell we are doing this I initiate projects without money. But I've never failed. You know why? Because the Lord will supply. Before we even got this land, as a church, I made us sow when we don't even have. By the time we finished sowing the seed, in less than three months, we got this land. We didn't even know there is a land in East Laguna around this place like this everything we have done here, if you should ask me, how did the money, look, if they should give you the records of your offerings and your tithe, you ask that, hey, and we are able to do these things. People call us the rich church and I always thank them. That prophesy. Oh, tell somebody prophesy. Tell my person prophesy. Yes, they call us the rich church. But if you have eyes to see, you will know that we are just coming. We will get there to be below but we are coming. It's important to know that in your giving, there is no way I can say to my life, I will never lack. There are 2,000 people in the world, givers and takers. Ask yourself, ask the person, are you a giver or a taker? being a giver or a taker is as a result of your attitude it's as a result of your attitude now some of you you give it and you are still complaining behind the scenes and you are murmuring you will never be blessed you give smiling you remember the woman who brought an offering Jesus was happy with the woman because she gave out of her nothing Tell somebody, be a giver. Be a giver. Amen. Amen. The next thing is to understand and support the vision of your church. Understand and support the vision of your church. Understand and support the vision of your church. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. Do you really know the vision of this church? Ask somebody, by you. do you know the vision of this church? Let the person give you an answer. Do you even know? You meet somebody said I go to ICGC. He said, okay, if you go to IC, what is your, what is your vision? Oh, ICGC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ICGC, ICGC. Our vision is to build a modern New Testament church. That is in sync and in consistency with the contemporary things around us. And that is what informs our message. That is why anything we teach is relevant and practical. ICGC don't preach abstract message. We preach messages that you can identify with your everyday life. That is our vision. And our mission is to raise leaders. To shape vision. And to influence society. So we are influencers. So any community or area we enter in. We need to take charge. In the marketplace. In everywhere. Leadership things should be be able to emerge out of our lives. In our philosophy. We believe in integrity. So we don't compromise on integrity we eat and drink integrity and that is why you can see Dr. Taber in that mode. if you're an ICTC pastor and you cannot exhibit that integrity then you have to be finding your level somewhere are we there yes. so Habakkuk says that ride a vision and they will run with it. So then he answered me and said, "Write a vision and make it plain on tablet, that he may run who reads it." Next year, I'm going to take my time to teach. How many of you have gone through ABC? You learn it in the ABC class. Hey, did you learn it? Yes. And are you putting it to practice, or are you just baba, chew, pour, and forget? If I should call an ABC person, run and I tell me, they will be struggling. So be a good ambassador for your, and as a church within the main frame of the vision of ICGC, as a local assembly, we believed here, here, here. We believe in raising leaders. That is why I don't compromise with leadership. I don't. If you are a leader, you are follow, follow. I don't need you. Leadership with focus. why you see me as your pastor I'm very friendly you see my wife the same thing if you approach her you will know we are not idiomese (laughs) but ironically the people that are under me and the people that are my congregation members don't exhibit this if anybody knows you in this church it is me hospitality is one thing I'm seeking this is it so I've given you how many the fifth thing is prayer is prayer that we should be able to pray so when we are doing these things our community so you realize that in our hospitality areas we are doing charities you see us trying to go and give things to people and all those things it is a deliberate attempt because that is what we believe in by all this we will raise leaders and we shape people's vision and that will influence our society. So giving this place has a meaning. And serving this house. Be a good ambassador. The third point. Be a good ambassador for your church. Be a good ambassador for your church. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. Can you give Matthew 5 16? Are we learning something? Yes. Are you being blessed? Yes. Okay. Matthew 5 16. He said, let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. One of the things you should know is that your pastor, I know people, and people know me. So when you don't live your life well out there, and they ask you which church do you go to, and you say, "Oh, I belong to I C D C our temple," they say, eh, "Are you sure?" Because you see, my principles are not only when I am a pastor here. My principles of life. Has been from the day I was born and I've grown up to be, from my classroom days to this. I look at your face smiling and tell you the truth. And that is the truth. If you listen to it, you'll be fine. I am very principled. If I don't want you to disrespect this person, and I don't want this person to disrespect you. So, in the same vein, if I see you disrespecting a person and you think I will support you, it's a lie. I don't support blindly. So be a good ambassador of your church. How are you representing your church to others? Ask the person, how are you representing your church to others? Your words, your words. Some of you go and sit in some joints and you are talking. You think I don't, I hear everything. (laughs) Why is casa? <laughs> Your words are either adding to the church Or taking away from this church They are either moving this church forward Or holding it back So if this church is not going forward And we are not growing Don't blame me, blame yourself Because boy is casa If I'm lying right now Prove me wrong You are not moving the church forward but Jesus said, go and tell people the wonderful things that God has done for you. So you must never be ashamed to tell people how coming to this church has improved your life. Some of you are afraid. You, don't, you can't even tell your friends how this church has helped you. You know and you know that before you started this church, you know. You know and you know. Nobody should tell you. The improvement you can identify now in your life. But yet when they ask you about this church, the way you talk about the church, and the most painful aspect is that you talk and you still come and sit in the same church. And you want the same pastor's blessing. You can never be blessed in such an atmosphere. Are we preaching here? Some of you, is a saloon joint. You go and sit there. And that is where you put... ICGC, our temple, dissect it, bisect it, and all those, pick one pastor after the other. You are lining them up. You analyze everybody. Then when you finish, you put the icing on the cake. And then you come on a Sunday and come and sit there and cross your leg. Pastor, preach on. You cannot be blessed and flourish in the house of the Lord. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Now, if I always ask my father to sit at home, because it's not good enough to be introduced in public as my father. Now, if I have an issue, can I not go and say that I can, you cannot be insulted when you see the face of an elder? So now I'm going to bring my father now to come and present, so that everybody will see that my father is a nice man. The thing is that if I've already disgraced my father, What honor does my father has before the people? Show me the honor of the church in Ghana now. And what role can we play effectively? Because every pastor is a thief. Every pastor is stupid. Every pastor has not gone to school before. He doesn't know anything. Every pastor is a thief because that is why he became a pastor so that he can enrich himself. In fact, every pastor has not even seen the four corners. So they don't even know what is finance, whether micro or macro finance, or any. They don't know anything because we, we they jumble all of us. But as I stand here, I am not stupid. If I don't have a thought, I have an enfield in global leadership, which is a combination of international relations and global issues. And today, if you don't understand anything globally, you are in a village. I understand law. I understand budgeting. If you don't know anything at all, you can see to this chair, you know that I'm a good manager. Uh, You don't need a a rocket scientist to tell you. So we are not dumb and we are not stupid. Some of them have not seen the corners of an office before. They've never managed anything before. But we give them that respect. But who respects us? Those days when you were a clerical, you are respected. But now you remove your clerical and put it in your pocket. So pastors, you meet them now at the airport traveling, nobody's wearing a clerical. Even a Catholic priest have changed their (laughs) dressing Because you have made us like that. Do you think the imam, have you ever seen a Muslim speaking anything bad against the imam? I was in it for 25 years. Do you think we don't have rottenness in that place? We have more rottenness than you can think of. The Catholic Church, have you seen them trapping themselves in the mud? Do you think they don't have rottenness there? Their rottenness is even more than charismatism. But charismatics, I will not finish before you know it's out there. We sell ourselves, we destroy ourselves. And then tomorrow we say, Let us be one. How can you be one? when the master drummer stands before the drums to play he only takes reading by the side but it is the surface of the drum that speaks you have to know number four be the part of the solution not the problem be the part be part of the solution and not the problem The question I want to ask you as you are sitting down in this church. Are you contributing to solution or you are contributing to the problems? There are some of you, when people walk to you and come, the complaint is that you fuel it up. Oh, leave them. Tell him some. Don't even come to church. Let them take their church. We will take our church. Have you ever seen any church that has been closed down before? So if you leave, do you think the church will not grow? It will continue to grow. Hello? Why you didn't come church the Sunday before? Didn't somebody come to church? Oh, hello. So the thing is not about me, it's about you. Me too, I am coming to be blessed. Oh, are we learning something? Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty. I'll give me Matthew twelve thirty. He said, he who is not with me, is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Ask somebody, are you, are you with Yahweh Temple or you are not with Yahweh Temple? <laughs> and they give you an answer? They are quiet. They can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> the issue here is that and it's a straightforward, he said, he who is not with me is what? Against me. It's against me. So if you don't agree with Reverend Smiler, you're against him. And when you're against he said he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So once you're against, you are scatter. You are scattering. And the irony is that sometimes we scatter without knowing we are scattering. And somebody, are you a scathe? <laughs> the city is getting hot. But this plane will surely land. You will be remembered either for the problems you helped to create. Or the problems you helped to solve. Which one are you? wherever you go, you are either creating problems or solving problems. As the person, are you creating or you are solving? You see, don't let us deceive ourselves. Nobody can make your temple exciting than you and I. Period. So, when I see people comparing your church with another church, it means that we have a problem. Those church you enter and you see that they are vibrant and they are exciting, it's not a pastor who created it's the people The people's attitude. It took their attitude to create the environment they are in. So if you also want your church to be exciting and be vibrant, you change your attitude. Tell somebody and say, change your attitude. attitude. Nobody will tell you better than your shepherd. Give me Ecclesiastes 5. Verse 1 going. Let me read something there. He said, walk prudently when you go to the house of God. And draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they do evil. Verse 2. He said, do not be rash with your mouth. And let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven. And you are on earth. Therefore let your words be few. Hello, the word of God. For a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by many words. Some of you, you like to follow the people who are talking plenty. What is the last filler? The person who brings you filler is also a carrier of filler. Watch it. Give me verse four. I'm going to only five and I'll leave you. Go and read the rest. He said, when you make a vow to God, those of us who make vows in the house of the Lord you've forgotten the vows you have made from 2010 or whatever (laughs) when you make a vow to God do not delay to pay it for he has no pleasure in fools pay what you have vowed I'm not the one saying it the word of God it's a better not to vow than to vow and not pay Should I give you six? Or the five? (laughs) He said, do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? So you see, why some of us, we are working, we are doing things. But we are not seeing anything. Because our mouth. There are angels that are standing. Look, I pray God open your eyes. I know some of you have seen it. But I pray many of you God open your eyes. How many of you have had the opportunity of seeing the angels over this house? There are angels here. If God should open your eyes right now on this altar, you will realize that I am not walking alone here. I am not walking alone. Though you are seeing me going about. I am not walking alone. Every step I am taking is deliberate. I'm not walking alone. So, if you think you are looking at Reverend Smiley and you are coming, you are joking. I'm not walking alone here. So, he says that immediately you open your mouth to speak, the angels speak it. And they work it against you. He said, why will you say that so that you destroy the work of your own hands? You see, the truth is that a lot of men of God don't teach these things. So we are having a lot of problems of congregation. The congregation are having a lot of problems. They are not seeing, they are healing, they are not getting their blessing. and they think the church is not blessing. No, 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 no. They don't understand the blessings of flourishing in God's house. As your pastor, I am teaching you the truth. It's not in any way to let you change your attitude. You can continue on in the same vein, But I have to let you know the consequences of your actions. You see your sister in church. You don't even know where she got her things. You go out there and you go and speak about that person. And when they even ask you, do you know the person? You don't even know the person. You have not even had the opportunity of shaking your hands or even talking to her. Because you saw the way she walked. You think she's arrogant and she's proud. She's snobbish or he's like this or he's like that. You, you describe people with words that you are not even sure of. Yet the person is your family. I stand here today. I am I am Ismaila, Awudu and Smithson. I am your pastor. Okay? I am a Christian. I am not a Muslim. Alright? But do you believe that even, even now the Muslim community fights for me and defends me you are quiet because they don't betray their own and no matter where you stand they still see you as one of them I have prayed in places where imams come to shake me and they are proud of me and we still talk we have sat with them after the time. I have sat with them when it was at church FM. we do discussions and everything we finish, we shake our they take my notes away we are talking, I mean one of the, 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 the secretary to the chief imam of, of Ghana and everything is a friend they deal with you but in the church in the church who is your friend people know things about you because your own congregation member go to sit somewhere will dissect you bisect you and everything, when he finished, then he picks the pastor, picks the pastor's wife and add it as the icing. time. Then he walks away. God have mercy on you. Tell somebody they say, God have mercy on you. Mercy. Tell the person, God have, God have mercy on you. Amen. We are in this house to be blessed. Tell somebody, I am here to be blessed. Tell the person, I am here to be blessed. Tell the person, I am here to be blessed. So be a good ambassador of your church. For your church. I'm ending. Be part of the solution. Not the problem. Be part of the solution. Not the problem. Five. Be faithful to follow through commitments. Be faithful to follow through commitment. Look chapter 16 verse 10. When you make a promise, keep your promise. That is where you get blessed. When you make a promise, do what? When you give your word, stand by your word. When a responsibility is committed to people's lives and destinies have been placed in your hands. So follow through. Whenever you deliver what is assigned to you, people are blessed. Amen. When you invite somebody to church, the responsibility of coming to church is on you. It's on them. When you invite somebody to church, you have to make sure you follow through with the person. The question is that, who have you ever invited to church before? Ask the person, who have you invited to church before? Tell the person, show me your soul. You don't have a soul. So you are walking alone. How can you be accountable? You can't. But if you have somebody who is watching you, you behave. You behave. One of the greatest ways to find joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment is to forget about your own issues and reach out to the people. In the midst of our exuberant praise and shout, there are people who are hurting inside. In the midst of what? Our exuberant shout and praise, there are people who are what? hurting inside. My brothers and sisters, our assignment is to heal people who are broken within. Somebody is crying within, who can he share with? Yeah, the Bible says that we should share our burden with one another. Try it. (laughs) People are hurting within. And that should be our assignment. Our ability to heal them, to heal the wounds in them, to heal the wounds. As your pastor, there are things here which you have no clue. Look, I dealt with issues that are too sensitive, too, too sensitive, because it's not about the people. Listen, the enemy's assignment is to destroy. In John's book, when you leave here, go and look for that book. The last quest. The last quest. Last. L-A-S-T. Quest. Q-U-E-S-T. Go and look for it and read it. In the last quest, the end time agenda of the devil is to use church members against themselves. He is no more fighting, It is we who are fighting each other. (laughs) Was ICGC Yawa Temple.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yawa Temple, East Egon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgcecegon.com or email to icgc at gmail.com or call us on 57 or 57 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service. And Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. And my Lord with you. I know I'm covered.
0: No greater power than you. Oh, oh, oh.